Because if there's one thing that musicians do not like to do is sell. <laughs> it's just not, it just makes us feel out of our elements. So I had to feel comfortable with the idea of selling and understanding what goes into the art of selling and knowing what to say and knowing how to get that sales pitch to resonate with students to get them to emotionally attach themselves to buy the course. You just heard a portion of the fascinating and brilliant advice you're about to get from my guest today on the God and Gig show, Ayana Webb. She is a digital entrepreneur, a musician, a teacher who figured out the secrets to making it to six figures as an entrepreneur and growing not just from her musical skill, but from learning the marketing secrets that it takes to really build a business that you can count on that grows you not just from selling and sharing and making a living from just your online gifts, but also how you can combine that with your creative gifts. She has found the marriage between those two things. I wanted her to share it with you. This is going to really open up your eyes to what's possible in your life as both a musician, a creative, and a business person. So just give me a second to welcome our newest listeners, and then we'll get right into this great discussion. Artists, musicians, and creatives of all kinds, looking for help balancing your passion to create with your everyday life? Not sure if your faith can coexist with your profession? Welcome to a place where real artists discuss real life. You're listening to The God and Gig Show. Visit GodandGigs.com for show notes, links, and more information. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for making this podcast a part of your creative day. If you're new to the show, thank you for giving us a chance. My name is Alan C. Paul. I'm the host and founder of God and Gigs, and we're here to help you as an artist, musician, creative, freelancer. We want you to build the best life you can from the inside out by applying timeless spiritual principles to the temporary creative problems you might be facing so that you can have a confident creative life. That's what we want for you. That's why I'm so glad you're here. This is the place for you. You found your tribe. Please go ahead and follow us, review, subscribe to the show wherever you are listening because this will make a difference in your creative life week after week. We do two shows a week, one on Tuesdays, which is a shorter creative checkup episode. And then days like today on Fridays, where we present a interview with a highly successful, motivating creative. And today's episode is no exception. I cannot wait for you to hear this because this really opened my eyes to what's possible. I, like our guest today, started and continue to teach, not necessarily teaching piano as often as I was talking about in the interview, but I definitely consider myself a teacher first and a pianist first. The same can be said for my guest, Ayana Webb. She was a music teacher and continues to be a music teacher and a creative, but she found herself on some hard times and had to make some pivots in her life. She's going to share about that. But what I love about this talk is not just about the struggles, but more about the success. She's going to tell you how she founded her two companies, the Musical Web and the Digital Web, and how she has now scaled that business to over six figures, how she is now making a living doing what she loves with automation. Now, we're not talking about robots when we talk about automation. We're talking about using digital tools that can reproduce the results that she sees week after week, day after day, month after month. And she's going to tell you how she did this. 
She's going to tell you how mentorship and following systems and really being honest about your strengths and weaknesses and learning what you need to learn so that you can implement these things in your business can grow your company and give you the time freedom and the money freedom that you wish you had. She's also going to share how we can feel this little tension between creative life and business life, how we can feel sometimes that the marketing side is above our head or feels like it's not what we really do because we are musicians first or teachers first or artists first. But she's going to show you how that actually can be complementary and not confrontational between those two mindsets, how you can become a better musician and creative and teacher and educator while you're also making a better living as a creative an educator or a teacher because she knows and you will know how to use these tools, the sales and the marketing tools that will make your life so much easier and will grow your business. So as I have told you, you really just have to listen in. We got right down to the nitty gritty of this conversation right away. So don't miss a minute of it. Take some notes so that you can act on these actionable ideas that Ayana is going to share with you without any further ado. Let's hear our talk with the musical web and digital web creator, Ayana Webb. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a super, super, super big honor for me to finally have this young lady on the podcast. I've been following her for a while, but she is now going to show us not only how to become a musician that's an entrepreneur, but also how to pivot and create more than just your musical brand, but to create a brand that really sustain you outside of those areas that we think we might be limited to. So Ayana Webb, welcome to the God and Gig Show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. You know that we're coming in flustered. I'm flying in from a whole bunch of other stuff. Our lives as entrepreneurs are never predictable. You know this. Right. (laughs) So this is really a cool thing that we can sit and just for a moment kind of get past the digital and the Twitter space and the Facebook space and really talk about what we do for a living. Like how do we actually make a living doing what we love? And your story is great. So I want to first give you a chance do the 30 second elevator speech. I know you can't put your whole life in 30 seconds, but when people have to ask best. you, you know, right, you get into networking stuff and you have to tell people all about yourself in just a few minutes. So just tell us a little bit about what you're all about so that if they get to know you right away, they'll know what to, what to, what to, they'll be listening for. Absolutely. So if I were to do my 30 second, I guess, bio into what I do now, I started out as an accounting major in school. I switched my major to music and upon realizing that there weren't that many jobs as, you know, in the music space, at least, you know, by way of getting a degree and going into the musical career uh, industry, I decided, you know, after a few moments of brick walls and diversions and whatnot, I decided to start my own business teaching private lessons. And that was how I got into doing or getting into the piano education space because that was one of the quickest way for me to make some money even while I was still in school studying music. So I was in school and also teaching at the same time. So by the time I got, I got my degree, I was already in full swing when it came to private students. And then after a few years, I decided I wanted to pivot from doing private lessons, being kind of stuck with the hours for dollars, dollars business model. And that was what inspired me to go into doing courses, like pre-recorded courses that sell themselves. I wouldn't have to be present to do uh, those courses. 
And then I was able to put a course together and a membership program together. Both of them are self-paced. And I just basically put an ad to it, um, you know, threw some magic on it. And then next thing you know, it basically scaled to a multiple six-figure business online. And it's been all over two years since I've taught private lessons or since I've discontinued teaching private lessons. Because now I make all my money with courses and stuff now. So that's, that's my elevator pitch. <laughs> wow. That's a great elevator pitch. I got to tell you, first of all, for, as a fellow pianist, fellow piano teacher, I found myself two years ago in the same space, but because of COVID, finding that dried up, right? That that private lesson, that one-to-one, which I still love. And I just wanted to talk quickly mm-hmm. for those musicians, creatives who do like the human touch, like they feel like, right? Maybe in the course of you being a musician, both of us, you know that there is something that you feel like, okay, I can't replace myself. Like I just love being on that one-to-one factor or seeing somebody learn. Did you have any struggles with giving that up, with realizing that, hey, I can't do, I can't serve as many people as I want just like you said, trading time for dollars one to one. Did you have any struggle with that? Um, I didn't really. I wouldn't say that I had a struggle with the transition because I was already teaching, uh, doing courses for maybe a couple of years before I transitioned online. So I, I think by the time I transitioned from private lessons, I had gotten into a rhythm of still being able to um, effectively teach online. But I would say that I, I will recall like. During the time when I was closing down my invoices for private lessons, I really had like an emotional moment where I was like, holy smokes, this is happening. And it almost felt, there was a part of me, it's one thing I know I cannot replace is my one-on-one relationships, even outside of piano with my students. Yeah. That was one thing that I really was just not, I had, that was the thing I had a hard time letting go because yeah, you can do uh, courses online. But that, like I said, it doesn't replace um, not necessarily just the ability to teach in person, but just the bond that you build with those students. You're giving that up. So I was just like, oh, it's going to be tough. But for me, I think it was just I needed that freedom because for me, I was definitely approaching burnout because I had so many private students that it just I had from just my own health. I had to do that pivot. But, you know, I still was able to, you know maintain contact with my students, making sure that they're still doing their work, even after, you know, that personal one-on-one lesson was, was done. I still was able to provide a portal for them online, like a secret portal, not a secret, secret portal, but like a, a portal on my website that only they can access where they can still be able to submit their music and keep me posted on their progress. So it wasn't, it didn't feel like a complete you know, yeah, no, <laughs> disappearance of some sort. Right. But I, I love the fact that you were honest about that because that's why I know me as a, as a performer, as a creative, I do feed off of the human element. But what's yeah. really interesting about your automated courses and those things, and even me now with my membership, God and gigs and so on, even the podcasting realm, there is a new type of relationship. You're building now, people still get to know you, right? They get to know you through the courses. They get to know you. They actually see you more because <laughs> they can yeah. see you anytime. <laughs> so tell me, <laughs> tell me a little bit about the nature of like that first moment, like that. What was the, the first moment that you realized this could work like this automated system? Cause there had to be a big, well, maybe there was a learning curve. I don't know. Was it a big learning curve switching to this automated, more digital way of, of, of you know, sharing your knowledge? There were, quite a few learning curves. 
Um, surprisingly enough, the easiest learning curve mm-hmm. was actually creating the course itself because, you know, when I was teaching private lessons for a few years, I kind of already had the lesson plan in my head because I'm like, I've been using this lesson plan for kids as young as five. So <laughs> if kids as young as five can follow this lesson plan, I can, it's really just a matter of just me doing a whole bunch of videos that I use with, I recorded with my webcam I bought from Walmart. And, you know, now I upgraded to my iPhone. So I keep it simple when it comes to content creation. But I will say probably the two biggest learning curves for me were the Facebook ads, number one. Um, Actually, no, that's number two. Number one is sales copy. Because if there's one thing that musicians do not like to do is sell. (laughs) It's just not, it just makes us feel out of our elements. So I had to feel comfortable with the idea of selling and understanding what goes into the art of selling and knowing what to say and knowing how to get that sales pitch to resonate with students to get them to emotionally attach themselves to buy the course. That to me, like, I feel like that's been like a lifelong journey in terms of understanding sales copy. And like, I feel like I'll just never learn. There's no end to learning sales copy. <laughs> so um, for me, the aha moment or the moment where I was like, this can actually work was when I made my first sale from the Facebook ad. And the reason why it was like a holy smokes moment for me was because the sale literally happened as I was asleep. Like I ran the ad. They always talk about money while you're sleeping, right? (laughs) Make money while you're sleeping. It happened for you. Exactly. So what happened was I was working on my, my sales funnel that day. And then I launched the ad. I think I got done my, my whole sales funnel by like, two or three in the morning. Like I was dedicated. I did my students in the afternoon. I got, I got home around like nine o'clock at night and I just started working on the sales funnel from like 9 PM until like close to two in the morning. I launched the ad. I went to sleep peacefully knowing that I did something productive that day. And then I woke up around like seven or eight and lo and behold, I looked at my account and someone was like, someone just bought your course. Never met this person in my life. They never met me, but because they went through my funnel and because I had to go through that whole process of making sure I knocked it out of the park by letting them know that this course is absolutely for you. They felt compelled enough to just buy the course right on that sales page. Oh gosh, what an amazing moment, right? I've seen so many different stories of, you know, entrepreneurs with their first dollar, their first sale, their first thing. But that I believe a lot of people have these different names for it, right? Proof of concept might be one, validating Mm -hmm. your offer, all these different ways of basically saying, this is possible because if you can find one, you can find 10. If you can find 10, you can find a thousand. Now you've said a word a couple of times that I know, again, we're talking to musicians and creatives. I know, who, like you just I know what you're talking about. <laughs> are nervous as heck about this whole, wait a minute. It sounds like she's talking about marketing, selling things, funnels. These are all things. Let me ask you truthfully, <laughs> were these words and these sales copy, were these things that you had an adverse reaction to and what got you over the hump to actually say, okay, I do need to be a marketer. I do need to speak the language of funnels and courses and these like, what got you over that hump? Because someone's listening right now that's literally thinking, this can't be for me because there's no way I'm staying up to two o'clock in the morning handling this stuff. I just play <laughs> music or I just write or I just sing. So what got you over the hump? Well, understanding that the work that I was putting in was the reason why I was dedicated to doing it until two in the morning was understanding that I only had to do it once. Mm. So I'm like, if I only had to, if, if I only had to build this funnel or this customer pipeline, um, 
one time, right? And make a couple of tweaks to it. And if that machine is able to bring me results over and over and over again, I'd be willing to make that sacrifice, you know, just, just for a few hours. So the way my brain kind of saw it was, you know, okay, yeah, you're up until two in the morning, but how many other times do you have to do this until two in the morning? Because now once the, once the machine is up, it's going to just bring you sales around the clock. You only had to look at it. You only had to mm. be a part of the process. So for me, that was what made it worth. It was like, yeah, at the time I absolutely hated doing it. <laughs> you can ask my mentor, you know, he was the, I remember, okay, what the, the funnel was, they opt into a form where they see a video that does like, you know, a few free lessons and it goes into selling the course. Right. And I remember the first time I tried it and it didn't work because I tried to shortcut what my mentor was trying to tell me to do in terms of how to structure the video. And I was like, man, I got to do all that. I'm just going to do this little thing over here. And then the first time I ran the ad, I didn't make any sales. And I had the nerd to come crying to him like, oh, you know, the video didn't work. And he's like, you didn't use my script. <laughs> I was like, but he's like, listen, no one likes putting video sales letters together. No one likes doing this whole thing. But that's that's what it takes in order for you to get that transformation. And for me, I was like, you know what? He's right. I'm going to have to just be uncomfortable just for a little bit, <laughs> just for a moment to get the long-term results that I'm looking for. Because again, that was better than what I was experiencing when it came to approaching that burnout. So that to me was what pushed me over the edge. I'm like, it's either me being uncomfortable for like one or two nights for freedom on the other side or me reaching that burnout that I'm trying to avoid. So which one is going to be more painful in the end? So that was the thing that kind of got me over that hump. See, now you just hit <laughs> so much right there. I'm so glad that we said we're going to push through this because <laughs> what you just explained, honestly, that entire story with your mentor, and I've had the exact same thing where I said, where I had to say to myself, okay, I'm going to be spending time doing something. Like the time yeah. is going to go. Five years are going to go by. Am I going to spend that five years doing what used to work, what I think will work, or am I going to spend five years doing what someone has proven has worked? And I right. think uh, even with the musicians and creatives, I love going back to this whole point about originality and how we sometimes feel that, oh, well, we have to be out of the box. We have to be free thinkers. And then there's sometimes it's like a C is a C is a C. A C and an E is G. Is, you play a C chord, <laughs> you're going to get a C chord every time. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. And so I feel like sometimes maybe we're talking to creators and musicians and artists who feel like they're being copycats you know, mm. because they follow the system and they think it's like, oh, uh, uh, get rich quick scheme. Meanwhile, no, you're definitely not get rich quick. Just tell me a little bit about the the moment where you got to that, not just the aha, but maybe the moment where you saw, wait a minute, this is working and scaling. This is getting to be a big, like what was your highest high in that moment where you saw things start to work? Because you put all the work on it at the beginning and mm -hmm. when, when did you realize success was on the way? So, um, Ever since that first sale, it was kind of like, um, a, you know, it was a couple of years of trial and error and kind of just fine tuning my copy and fine tuning the whole ad thing, just trying to figure out what pieces of the funnel would allow me to scale it. Right. And because, um, you know, with, with ads, sometimes um, you have to kind of lose money in order for that long term money to kind of come in. And people tend to have high expectations when it comes to ads. So that's the first thing I tell them before they even hire me to work with them to, I'm like, listen, this is the real deal. So that way when you pay me, you can't come crying to me talking about, oh, my sales didn't work when you only ran it for 24 hours, right? But um, for me, that moment was actually during COVID because there was a window where 
the Facebook ad costs had dropped significantly because people were cutting back on their ad costs during the time when COVID, you know, the whole COVID thing happened. And I just took full advantage. And what was happening was I was actually making more money within a 24 hour period than what I was spending in the ad. So I was like, oh, there's something to this. And then I just kept scaling it and scaling and scaling it. And my focus was really to get people into my membership program. So I'm like, even after this whole situation is long gone, I'm still getting paid monthly from this wave that I'm catching. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that I ended up scaling that to like, no, I think my ad spend was like 1500 to about two, I'm sorry, 1500 to about $2,000 a day that I was spending because I was making it back before the day ended. And so I was just rolling with it. And then that was what allowed me to get enough members into my program to where um, I was able to discontinue private lessons within like two months. And it's been like that ever since. So yeah. (laughs) See, and I love the fact that again, that you really had to like push through what must have been, okay, wait, I'm spending how much per day? I'm spending (laughs) how much per day? I'm just being real because I know there's somebody who's like literally looking at this saying, I can't even think of spending $10 and not seeing a return. But it's that right. I've heard people say, I think it was, might've been, it might've been from our, 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 our mutual mentor. Um, McDonald's spends billions of dollars and is known throughout the world is probably the, the number one symbol other than maybe Michael Jordan or the cross. Like, like there's, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's symbols that everybody recognizes. Everybody recognizes the McDonald's arches yet. They spend millions and billions of dollars still to get in front of people and remind you right. that the quarter pounder is still a quarter pounder, even though we all know where to get a quarter pounder. So I think even as creators, we got to remind ourselves it's not ego to show up and to come out over and over again. So I want to ask you uh, to the person that might work with you, like they're trying to get out of their own way, right? They're trying to say, okay, mm-hmm. y- you've done this. I've seen you do it. You you were a piano teacher like me. You're a musician like me. And you got out of your own way. You started following somebody's uh, advice and started scaling this. So what would be your advice to them if they're now looking for someone like you? Like what, what are you looking for in a client to help them to start to get to that journey of automating their courses? Absolutely. They have to be 100% all in with this. That's the thing. Because again, um, and this is one of the reasons, one of the, the, the benefits of basically offering high ticket you know, coaching or high ticket courses is kind of weeding out the people who really aren't that serious. Like that's the one thing that kind of helps me figure out, do you really want to do this or are you kind of just fiddling with this? Even when I'm talking about um, my course, the automated course creator, the one I re-released like a month or so ago and also bumped up the price. And I love when I get to the price with people because then I start to see who's really all in who really isn't, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Because if I were to sell that same course for like $50, you know, I may get like a whole bunch of buyers, but then no one's going to finish it because they're not going to take, they're not really taking it seriously. So for me, I tell people up front, I'm like, this course is not for everyone. I don't want everyone in this course because there's so many, uh, I want to say learning curves, but there's different learning curves. So the whole idea of the course is to make it easier for you to go through those learning curves. So that way you won't have to go through it yourself because You'd be stuck having to figure this out for years versus you taking my course and condensing that time to just a couple of months, right? That's really the whole point of the course. But I tell people, this course is for people who are really trying to transition out of their jobs to being able to create, because what you're ultimately building is an online school where you're going to have, you know, your one-off courses, you're going to have your membership programs, and the course is going to show you how to do all of that. And you have to have 
the mindset and you have to have the discipline to follow through every single step. As a matter of fact, um, one of the first modules is about mindset. That's the one thing that I tend to take it to take for granted because I'm the person where I've always been the all in person from the gate. No one had to tell me twice to, to, you know, if I decided I wanted to do something, no one had to tell me to do it. I would just do it. Right. But I didn't realize there were so many people who had, you know, mental barriers and fears that kind of kept them from being able to move forward. So I'm going, okay, if you're going to purchase my course on how to do all this, we have to go through, we have to sift through what are those mental barriers that are going to keep you from being able to, um, to move forward. And the, you know, the results that I've gotten were pretty interesting. There's people who have a fear of failure, which is, you know, the, the one thing that, you know, doesn't surprise people. Um, the fear of um, what they call imposter syndrome. So feeling like you're not qualified to, you know, teach or qualified to talk about what you talk about. There's another one, which I like to call, this is something that musicians suffer from all the time, which is called, I call it scammer syndrome, where we're afraid to charge our worth or charge at all for what we do because the world is telling us, oh, you're doing music, you should do it for free. And then like, no, we worked hard for to build our skill. Absolutely. So I talk about that, how to overcome, you know, that scammer syndrome mindset. That way you can start feeling more comfortable about charging. So those are things that I talk about in the course. But even before they purchase, I'm like, if you're going to be treating your course thing or this course thing like a hobby, like it's a little dibble dabble thing, don't even bother. <laughs> you got to be all in with yeah. this. I love Because it's a transformation. Yeah, I love the fact that you just mentioned it, that for people that are still wondering, okay, am I good at this? If you are able to learn an instrument, if you're able to put the discipline together to become good at something already, you've already yeah. proven you can show up as your authentic self and show somebody else how to do it. And that's one thing. I think everybody's one step ahead of everyone. I love the fact this is very meta, not to use the Facebook term or whatever, <laughs> but we're you're teaching people how to do what you just did, right? How to pivot, how to leave a full-time job, how to walk away or be able to walk away from a previous a solopreneur, you know, a service oriented business that you have to be there every single minute and find their way out. And now you get to be one step ahead. Now there's people ahead of us. I'm very beginning stages building my membership, my courses, right? I went on the same thing, teachable, mighty networks, circle, you name it. I've been on all of them trying to figure things out. It wasn't until I got with somebody who knew what they were doing <laughs> and said, <laughs> okay, you can keep spinning your wheels or you could work with someone like you who's already been there, who's gone through the hard stuff and actually figured it out. So uh, I know we got to close out pretty soon, but I do want to ask this one question. I love asking this question. What would you say to yourself oh boy. now that you've been, <laughs> yeah, right. You knew it was coming back in those days where you were either in front of the students and you were had like, you know, the, the, the one five-year-old or whatever that the, the person that you, what would you say to that Ayana and someone else who's in that same position now that you've been where you're at now, what would you tell her? What would you be oh, advice man. to yourself back then? If I were to have a conversation with her and she would be like, you know what? I cannot wait for the day I'll be able to quit, you know, my students. The thing I would tell her is, oh, just you wait. <laughs> just you. Oh, you, you, listen, you, if I told you, if I, like, I would be like the crystal ball. I'd be like, if I told you what was coming, you would not believe me. And it's going to feel weird. And just to keep going and to not listen to people. Not that I was listening to people. I wasn't really listening to them. But, you know, you have those moments of discouragement, you know, when you try to tell people your ideas and they're not really, it's not that they're not supportive, but because they don't know much about what you're trying to do. 
instead of them being transparent and saying that it usually comes out as, Oh, that's not going to be, that's not going to be possible. That won't happen. You know? So I have to be the person to tell them like, just ignore the haters or ignore the naysayers. And again, like, you know, both as you and I both agreed on, find somebody who has already done the thing that you're trying to do and listen to that person. Because what's going to happen is once you follow that person and what they're doing and follow their system and you're going to see results, anything that the naysayers are talking about is you're going to turn a, a deaf ear to them anyway, because your brain's going to go, well, if this person actually did it, then what are these guys talking about? Yeah. So that would be my biggest thing is to just keep going. Um, like I said, like I said, find a mentor, find somebody who's done the thing that you're trying to do, um, and who's genuine about wanting to help you and just follow their lead and don't worry about people who are skeptical or are doubtful, you know, and you'd be surprised how, as you're going through your journey, you might find some of those same people might look at what you're doing and they may be inspired. So you know, you don't want to count them out. It's like, oh, you're hating, you're hating, whatever. Because I've seen this happen too, where the same people who are like, that's not going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. But then when they see what I'm doing, they're, they go back tap, tap on my shoulder like, hey, uh, you think I can do this too? You never know. <laughs> that's beautiful. I love how you pulled it right back around. You still inspire people. You never know who's going to be impacted. And you're still inspiring them through music. You're still inspiring them through learning and everything that a teacher. That's one of the biggest things about my platform. What I believe and love about this is that you're still a teacher that never changes. Mm-hmm. You just change your class size, right? You just change your environment. But you're still a teacher. You're still giving to people and giving them the opportunity to move up. I love this conversation. I want to make sure that people continue <laughs> to follow you. I know it's old school. Some people still write stuff down. They got all the links. It's in the show notes in the description. But just in case they want to write it down, tell them how they can find you, follow your programs, and learn more from what you're sharing. Yeah. So um, the best way to follow me is just to visit my website because, quite honestly, I don't keep up with my socials. I know that sounds very counterproductive when it comes to social media. I really because most of my my students come from my ads. So there's no real need for me to really be active on social media. So my websites are. Um, www.themusicalwebwith2bs.com and the other one is you know www.thedigitalwebwith2bs.com so the musical web is where you're going to see my piano courses the digital web is where you're going to see the course I was talking about the automated course creator that teaches you how to build sell and automate your online school and courses so Oh my gosh, so much great (laughs) stuff that you just shared. I'm inspired. I'm like, okay, I got to get myself together. (laughs) Up two o'clock in the morning, I'll tell my wife, I'll blame, I'll blame. I'll say, look, she told me you got to stay at the two o'clock and work on my funnels. It's it's, it's how to get there. Thank you so much for sharing. This has been amazing. And I guarantee you there's going to be somebody that's inspired. It's going to be following you, but more importantly, they're going to be following their dreams to becoming everything they can be as a creative, inspiring people and making a better income so that they can have more freedom. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me here too. Well, my friend, I know you got a ton of information and inspiration and actionable steps out of this interview. She shared so much right down to how much she is sharing on social media, how she's building her ads. These are all things that I know you're going to want to follow the musical web and the digital web continuously to learn more 
from Ayana. So make sure you follow her on all the socials she's mentioned, even though she says she's not on social a lot. Make sure you follow her websites and make sure that you stay in touch with us here at God and Gigs because I want to get more information from Ayana in future interviews, trainings that I hope she'll do in our God and Gigs 360 membership. That's why you need to be a part of God and Gigs 360 because that's exactly the kind of stuff we go deeper in depth with in our membership. You can sign up for that at godandgigs.com slash free trial. Right now, you can get access to bi-weekly member calls. You can get access to all of our courses. You can get access, most importantly, to the community that keeps you accountable, gives you community training and support, the acts, I call them, of the creative life, so that you can thrive as a musician, thrive as a creative, never walk this creative journey alone again. You don't need to do that if you're a member of God and Gigs 360. So jump in right now, godandgigs.com slash free trial, 30 days free, no risk, but you will find so much of what you just heard available to you in God and Gigs 360. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Until next time, I hope you will continue to become the creative that you were created to be. God bless, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us here at the God and Gig Show. Please leave us a review on iTunes, like our Facebook page, or visit GodandGigs.com and tell us what you thought of this show. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, go create something amazing. <laughs>